0: Welcome back to another episode of the Extreminals podcast. All things competitive on the Super Bowl Sunday. My name is Eric with me is my co-host Ray. Hello. And my co-host Robert. Ow, all the spiky bits. Indeed. So we are feverishly building new models. Uh, what are you working on there,
1: sir? Um his name is Latin and it starts with an I as a flying cow. Indeed. He's not a Sanchez and uh,
0: very excited. So yeah, I never would expect you to be a world leaders player now, but um, like you said, you you
1: see Angron. I I must have that model. (laughs) Well, I remember when I joined this hobby and when I was looking at chaos, space Marines, I literally looked at what do these guys do? They sneeze on people. That's gross. What are these guys? They're bags of dust. Okay. Those guys are just pretty and weird. What about the red ones? The red ones are cool. Hmm. So for me, I had a bit
0: of a flashback. And Ray, you're going to make fun of me uh, for this. But they have the uh, what 50 years of Warhammer going on right now. And they showed a picture of the original Chaos Renegade model. And that is exactly the model I saw. that I went, what is this game? I must have that model. And it's probably why I'm kind of like, yeah, Chaos Space Marines are still pretty cool. But there's something missing. And I'm looking at the design, the fact that the plasma gun is actually part of his arm. It's like, that's what's missing. There's the look has definitely changed, and um, so yeah, that's I do like the new chosen model. some but, but I think that's because I really want to play a highly elite army. It's probably not the most competitive thing in the world, but it was one of those. Yeah, I, I like these guys a lot.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, you you go ahead, Ray. Sorry.
2: I just think it's time for you, Eric, to rejoin us in playing in chaos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll okay. see. You. I. I got the big, stompy robots covered. I still have all my demons,
0: so I may do that. I don't know yet. I'm still... Do it. Nah, I still got my cards. <laughs> <laughs> I still love them very much. And uh, there's reason now to really be faction-focused. Uh, so there's one thing we'll talk about that in a little bit as our main story for today. And But on the other hand, I've been uh, intrigued by a craft world list that I'm going like, ooh, it's portable, it has Peak stompy robots, and it might be Eric-proof, which is the problem with my current Dracari list. It's very, um, it plays into all my shortcomings as a player.
2: I thought you were going to say it's impossible to forget anything.
0: Well, that too. It is only like seven units,
1: but yeah. But then you're going to forget that you can fire and fade something, or battle focus something else or that it's not actually this thing and it's really a dinosaur. no, That's what they are anyway. (laughs)
0: Five of the models do not have fire and fade. So I'm, I'm, or battle focus rather. I'm okay. Excuse me.
2: (laughs) Well, let's start with this. Does this army include any planes, any aircraft?
0: It does not, but it was tempted.
2: Okay. Well, what about the uh, webway gate?
0: No. So I'm a little disappointed with the webway gate after spending like half a liver trying to acquire one. And it did serve me really well in uh, Nephilim. Oh, the new—it's uh, one of the downsides. It really has no purpose um, in the new uh, Arcs of Omen. It's—it's it's, the biggest thing I took it for was getting half half off uh, when you put things in reserve. Now that you can put things in reserve for free, there's just way too many things on the board that can screen out twelve inches no reserve, so it gets blocked real easy.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, I never thought about it that way because of the fact that you have to deploy in like a weird almond shape between both of the gates and stuff. So Yeah, yeah, three within six inches of the, the gates, which isn't that
0: big of a spot. And uh, so you, the whole idea of vomiting thousands of models, like, because back in my old days when I played Necrons, that was one of my favorites. I ran um, two monoliths and I would deep strike them down because usually in those times uh, terrain was pretty scarce. So you deep strike them down and you would block off parts of the table and then all of a sudden you would rotate them 180 degrees and just start vomiting models onto your opponent and they're like, what's Will be back again? Oh. <laughs> Which is now the uh, reanimation protocols and how they're like, I can't get rid of these damn things. And meanwhile, you're collecting points behind them.
1: Huh, I wish I had gotten to do that but that was before my time. Well, now the, the monolith <laughs> is way too expensive. So then I
0: was like, okay, this is a big model. It's really expensive. It's getting more and more expensive. And then Ray, help me out. What was the was it the Eye of Terror campaign that had all the mini-dexes? So they had I don't
2: know. I didn't start. Eye of Terror is before... It was like 4th or 5th edition. Right. And I didn't start until 6th.
0: Oh, okay. So Eye of Terror, so what they came out with, here. here's the Similar to what we get now, like a mission book mm-hmm. with a campaign book, but it had four new factions in it. And I'm trying to remember all four off the top of my head, but the important one for this story is the Ulithae. And Ulithae Farseer's came with a piece of war gear. And basically it was a mini warp gate. Hmm. So you put it down, like you could move the guy. So you, you try to put like Farseer on jet bike and they'd fly out. And I put it down there. And then from that point on, um uh, non-vehicle models could emerge from Deep Strike through that gate without scattering. Wow. Yeah. That thing was baller. I love that list. And then they finally, when they came out in a fifth edition with the when they redid the Trukari, that was standard war gear for Archons. And then when I think it was sixth edition, it was the first time I went to LVO They then, that's when they start. Yeah, it must have been 6th edition because you had allies. So what I did that, (laughs) I love I I made it sound clever. There were six of us vying for best and We all had the exact same list aside for 200 points. And this is the way it worked. You had whatever you wanted, a ton amount of um, scourges with haywire blasters and a whole bunch of reaver bikes with grab talents because they gave all these extra mortal wounds on the charge but you had an Archon with a unit of Wraithguard because you could put them anywhere on the table. And then back then Wraithguard had D weapons. So as long as they wounded, they were picking up models.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's an addition that I did, not, I did not get to play in. And the more I hear about it, it's like, ooh, that'd be fun to try. And then I realized, no. No, 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 no. It was terrible.
0: <laughs> I actually lost a game to Knights. <laughs> it was hilarious. The guys came down. All right, I'm going to blow up this Knight, and I'm, I'm going to learn not to split my shots. And so, sure enough, I blew up one of his big Knights. Awesome. And back then, you had the roll to scatter to see which way the Knight fell, like a giant. <laughs> he falls. And in. the Knight fell on top of you, didn't it? No, he fell into the other Knight, killed that uh, Knight, and then that Knight fell into my guys. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that kind of sucked.
2: <laughs> see, that's why you play Necrons. Because when you play Necrons in a night, that's when they just domino into each other. They don't fall back on you. Yeah. So, it was a bit of a... <laughs>
1: that, that very much sounds like something that I would be like, <laughs> that was great. Do that again. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, how do I win the rest
0: of this game? <laughs> this is going to be rough. <laughs> but anyway, those days are gone, thank God. So, um, yeah. So, trying to figure out what I'm going to play. Um, most likely leaning stay on my Dracari.
1: Robert, you sound like you're sticking with Kniggets. Yep, I am staying with big Chaos Knights. I think the only thing that could make me change now from a fully painted army that I worked so hard to finish before LVO would be if 10th edition comes out and literally tells my knights, hey, we're not friendly to you anymore. You can go away now. <laughs> Ray, what are you thinking for this season?
2: Well, honestly, there's a lot of variables that are going to come into effect. <laughs> never mind the fact that I almost never get games in right now. Um, I'm also packing because my wife and I are looking for a bigger place to live in. So, basically, none of. Oh, I want to army. Is here the rest are while they're at your house.
0: By the way, I'm having a tag sale this weekend. Anyone interested? Come on! No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> Eric, how did you suddenly make $500 in a weekend? Uh, <laughs> KR multi case boxes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's I. I'm definitely collecting World Eaters as just a. This is an army that I knew I would own eventually, and I already have a paint scheme in my head for them, and I hope I can do it, because it's going to be fun to paint it, even though I hate painting white. Ooh, good luck.
2: Are you going for the old uh, 30k colors?
1: 30k colors morphing into their current brass and red. Are you going for a fade? Yep, a fade from red to white.
2: Might I suggest you go the opposite direction when it comes to actually painting it?
1: I mean, I'll figure it out. I need to have the army first. (laughs) Wow, that's going to be a tough one. Good luck to you, sir. Oh, I'm going to cry so much painting white. It's going to (laughs) suck.
2: Oh no, I think the real complaining will come once you start doing all the, uh, the trim.
1: Trust me, I already know that, but Chaos Knights don't remind me. It doesn't exist. It's going to paint itself. Anyway, we can jibber-jabber about hobby progress all we want. I think we need to cover some, like, event stuff, don't we?
0: We do. And why are we talking about this? Well, not only is it the typical tagline, new, new year, new army, it's actually a new season. And, boy, this season is really shaping up. So a quick reminder for those of you who don't remember what we last talked about this. First, Frontline Gaming came out with their season of events. And introduced a new system where if you do well at their events, you would get incentives at the following LVO, which, um, get your conspiracy hats on, still has not been announced.
1: Yep, that's definitely something that if it was going to stay a thing, we would have heard about all of it beforehand. And I I haven't heard anything about it, even though I'm going to Rocky Mountain next month.
0: So... Well, our intrepid reporters and sources will continue to keep you informed with any breaking news shortly thereafter that announcement i believe it was december uh january 6th was the exact date uh warhammer events announced the wcw that robert coined here first and they took from us the world championship of warhammer announced that they'd be doing a series of events including three warhammer events the finals being in atlanta towards the end of the year and and mentioned there'll be some other qualifying events so if you're a to you are encouraged to apply and get your event on the docket as being a qualifying event well announced this week those qualifying events have been announced so we would like to talk to you about these events so we have several listeners here in the united states we have a big bunch of listeners in canada and we also want to thank all our listeners in uk in england and uh, so let's go over those events in those particular areas and for the two guys that listen to us in argentina may 27th the gtcb ontio will be a quilt team event good luck to you
1: so I know there's actually a, a one of the events is actually already happening this weekend. It is the Stud or Snotling. The Stud or Snotling, I have not been to before, because obviously in Canada I haven't left the country, like, ever. But Scarry is actually attending that one. Yes, he is. So that would be your
0: first event uh, scheduled this weekend. Do you want to read the rest of the Canadian uh, events for us, or Robert?
1: Yep, I'm going to rapid-fire these, so give me a second to breathe, and we're going to go... We have the Berry Bash, Lake Grand Clash, Canadian Tabletop Championship, Warhammer 40K Championship Open, Alberta Classic, Toronto Gaming Expo, Capital Clash, Can Hammer Team Tournament, Capital City Bloodbath, Montreal GT, Halfway to St. Patrick's Day, Minis and Mayhem, Goonhammer Open Canada, and Kipper's Melee. So,
0: great list! Yeah, a lot of big events in those particular areas. Interesting enough, um, May 27th might be the last event for Arcs of Omen. July 25th, so we've got a full month. Of June to get yourself acclimated to what could be a new mission pack might be a new edition. We don't know yet for sure, but uh, Toronto Gaming Expo will be a very interesting first event, and then the Tor- Capital Clash might be your first Canadian event with the new rules.
1: Yeah, that is definitely a thought when you when we're reading through this to keep in mind that about halfway through it could potentially change to something else. Yeah,
0: Ray, you want to read off the United Kingdom events?
1: yeah so we've got the Beachhead
2: Brawl, the Southampton GT, King of the North Shade Glass Games uh, Manchester GT Broken Realms and Minis London Open, I think that's an important one Warhammer Fest, no Uh, Bristol GT, the Leeds GT Tempest, Goodhammer Open the London Grand Tournament, Helster Gaming Super All Stars, and the Coventry GT.
0: So basically, the uh, entire London GT circuit has been basically absorbed into the UK into the Games Workshop WCW.
1: Almost. There is actually one event that is missing because Ooh. it happened. Uh, I... No, it? no, it's the Nottingham Sorry.
2: GT. Oh wow! I forgot about that one.
1: you right. The one that the one That's that, that Vic. That literally everyone in the UKTC went to. So Vic, Vic Vijay, David Gaylard, Ennis Wilson, uh, Manny Chima, all of the top UK players went to right before coming to LBO. That one happened in January. It is not listed here.
0: You know what else is listed here is the Leicester GT. That's the one, L-E-I-S-T. The only reason I know it, it's pronounced Leicester, so it's my son's favorite ho- uh, ho- soccer team. But uh, football team, sorry, Premier League football. <laughs>
2: you tried to call hockey. I sports. did, I know. <laughs> we've
0: got a hockey tournament coming this weekend, so it's been on our mind all day. It's the um, last tournament before the major playoffs, so it's just like, uh, it's all we've But anyway, um, so yeah, but uh, a large number of the big events in that particular area. And again, the cutoff seems to be April 29th is Warhammer Fest, and then your next event is June 24th. So again, if you're looking ahead to a potential edition change or mission pack change, June seems to be the new off-season So this year.
1: Mm -hmm. So if you are prone to reading leaks and finding out information, do your best to play like test those out see how viable they are but also don't go spreading them around because of the fact that if the leaks get spread around as fast as they do which will most likely happen anyway don't be the one to get pinbound pinned by gw and told you can't come to our events <laughs> yeah
2: are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint do paint brushes spontaneously combust when you hold them if either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook.
1: Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the necro nom 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 nom, nom to replace your average pizza, decided to come out with another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from RedDukeGames.com, and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time, and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll perils of the warp or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play indie. So if you're looking for fanciful drinks, go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the Mad Men at RedDukeGames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom, Nom.
2: Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Honest Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me, and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your uh, armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. You can just swap out those boxes, and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy, the boxes help protect your models, and if you when you order, they come fast, the order is right, and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com and when you place your order, be sure to mention the House podcast.
0: Further events, do you want me to do the US ones? Okay. Alright, we start with the Glass City GT. Uh, followed by Las Vegas Open. So that's the one that just happened here, guys. So that is actually a qualifying event. Jack Harpster did confirm on on the uh, StatCheck website and podcast. He actually walked out with a 2,000-point army of his choosing, which he's still in the process of doing. So congratulations there. Uh, Moving a little bit further, uh, the Cherokee Open on the 24th, Clutch City GT on May 4th, Adepticon, may have heard of it. It's a small little gathering in Chicago. The Northeast Championship followed by the alamo gt storm of silence maryland open interesting choice there motor city uh mayhem dallas open bay area open u.s open kansas city surprise surprise snuck in under the radar uh bug eater gt which i thought was interesting because it's the same weekend uh (laughs) landing city open scrolling 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 u.s uh open tacoma war games con show me showdown lone star open palm springs open The American Team Championship made the list. Wow. Uh, Goonhammer Open US, Nova Open, Warzone Houston, Crucible, SoCal Open, Michigan GT, the Battle for Salvation, and finally the US Open Tampa Bay. Guys, what 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 interesting ones draw your attention on that list?
1: Well, I know for me personally, because of the fact that I am going to Lone Star and SoCal this year, given my time can help it. The Adepticon is huge because it's not just for 40k. It's for multiple Warhammer systems. The, the Cherokee Open, it is literally in less than two weeks is going to be a big deal. Um, the Dallas Open, that one is always a big event. I've been to that one twice. It is a great time of eight games over three days. Drink water and sleep.
0: So once again, the breakdown, the Bay Area Open May 27th. And then your next event would be the U.S. Open Kansas City on June 2nd, followed then by uh, Bug Eater GT on the 24th. So if there is the rumored addition change, it might be the weekend of the U.S. Open. Be curious to see how they would handle those rules if you're playing uh, Arcs of Woman, or if you're playing the new mission pack or the new edition that particular weekend.
1: And I know stuff like that has definitely been up in the air because obviously there was one event where Votan, the Codex, was out, but the actual models weren't. Like They were, they might have been releasing like the week before or something, and they said, no, you can only play with what's in the... Sp- in the specific army box. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously there was the kind of thing where oh rules cut off so TOs don't have a headache kind of we're not going to let this army in because it's too new.
0: <laughs> yep. So um other key thing to keep in mind if you are one of those TOs running event close to the threshold My sympathy goes out to you. I've been that TO. It sucked. As a matter of fact, I had to run an event. I had to run a seventh edition event when literally one of the prizes we gave out was you get 20 minutes with the eighth edition rule books. They had a copy of it in store during the tournament that was not available for sale. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) It it was was a rough trying to keep people interested in an edition that, everybody wanted to see go away so
1: and and only 20 minutes with a book eric well that was
0: like you could win it you know like multiple times so that was the idea fair so but it was kind of like oh you want 20 minutes with the book you know uninterrupted we had like a little area where the the um store owner could like hey you can
1: look at it here you can't leave the desk so here you go Were they, I I guess it's a really dumb question. Were they allowed to take pictures?
0: Um, I don't remember if we put a restriction on that or not, but you know, that's ancient history. I have no idea. They were not allowed to take it to the bathroom. I remember that was the joke.
1: Yeah, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to know why that's a joke.
0: You haven't seen Seinfeld.
1: Yes, I have not. I'm that young. (laughs) So anyway. Um but yeah this this US list is massive. It's and it hits almost every single month, I'm pretty sure. I think
2: January, February, March, April, May, June, August.
1: Ah, uh, not November because November is when the actual championships are. Let's just say December I think is out. <laughs> yeah, because I know for the WCW season i'm not gonna be mad gw i'm not gonna be mad i promise with the wcw with them having the final event be in november and then having an off season in december for potential new new mission pack launch kind of thing correct it makes a lot of sense to have that off season so people can play a little bit sooner
0: so very interesting list here. Now I'm trying to remember, uh, so I've pulled up the article back from January 6th. So what exactly are we playing for here? And it's going for, at the time of this writing, we uh, we have more than 170 qualifier slots from 18 countries in three continents. This includes uh, a whole bunch of countries around the world. We'll be announcing details of our own US Opens next week. We already know that it's an old article. World champions are about community and celebrating every aspect of the hobby. So the event will have their own qualifying criteria, including individual organizers awarding best generalship as well as best overall. So be curious to see what's available. And um, but I do want to remember something to the effect of there was a like a best faction. And then there was the, the top players from Best Generalship got to play in the championship,
1: and then the best players for Best Overall got to play in the championship. Good. Yeah, I, I know when the initial talks about FLG doing stuff with awarding um, Best in Faction stuff, Best Painted, all these other things that could get you invites to stuff like their grand narrative and whatnot that existed for a while. And then that's a nice thing to try and maintain because that's a really big incentive for a lot of players to try their best. The one downside of that is, is that it literally makes you try to play the hardest you've ever played all the time. And there is something to be said about showing up with a beautifully painted army that at like if you saw lvo i saw several mastodons i saw several thunderhawks, and i'm just like i put so much work into my custodes and my knights and they're not this pretty <laughs> no but it, it, it does i
0: like how to wards both sides of the coin i think the key thing is we need to kind of get some clarification what does best infection mean mm-hmm. um the, the itc awards are still goofy as hell um what is best corn is that a world leaders' army is that a demons of only corn demons or is that a chaos space Marine with corn demons I, I'm so confused and if never been qual then likewise if you're a um you want the current arcs of omen if you take space Marines with votan are you the imperial faction or are you still space Marines what how does that work you know so
1: yeah, that's definitely going to be an interesting mix-up. That's why I only run one army at a time. Hmm. <laughs>
0: because that has played a factor in my list building. You know, do I what do I put in that allied detachment? I do have a few options, and I'm kind of
1: going, hmm. Yeah, because if you were to mix Dark Eldar and Craft Worlds, you'd be playing for Eldari, not Drakari or Oseriani. However, they split that.
0: I can't do that currently, but to your point, do I splash in Harlequins? I know some people are like, Harlequins are trash now. Mm, They still serve a a role in my army, and I think they're actually pretty good at what they do best, which is killing Marines, which we're going to see a lot of. Now, exactly, do I become Eldari at that point? Am I no longer a pure Jakari, so I can't win the Jukari Award? I don't know what that means, so I don't have an answer. But I have a really good paint scheme for my
1: clowns. They're all pepto i You think
2: <laughs> there is some pink in this game? I've always good Ray. Sorry, I've always, I've always been of the opinion that the moment you've got um, more than one army in some form or fashion in there, you're no longer any one specific one of the armies. So you used uh, the world eaters or corn demons as an example. If you're pure world eaters, you're world eaters. If you're pure corn demons, you're corn demons. Unfortunately, it puts you in with demons. If you're running both, mm-hmm. then you're corn.
1: Yeah, like an actual example that exists now World Eaters, if you take their army of renown, it's Angron and mainly demon keyword. So you get Eight Bound, you get Blood Letters, you get Flesh Hounds, you get Land Raiders. Don't know why Land Raiders, I guess, transporting eight bound is a thing, but you still mix all that together. So you become keyword corn instead of world eaters or corn demons, or even chaos space marines. Right.
0: Either way, both they hope they GW for the WCW purposes uh, cleans that up. And I think uh, ITC also needs to kind of clean up their act a little bit because I think you could still win like Dark Mechanicus and. Corsairs is still a category for some reason, reason. So,
1: if if they really are, then that's really really funny.
0: They are. No, they still are. So, I mean, I know you can run a corsair army. You have to have um, Prince Uriel as your HQ and your warlord, and and nothing but corsair units, which isn't terrible. But okay. You might win by going 1-12, in 12, but good for, good for you.
1: <laughs> Play four events and score no more than 250 points if you get lucky. Yeah.
2: I mean, at that point, are you really playing to be the best, or are you just doing it for the means? You're doing it for the means, absolutely.
0: Um, there's, there's been people who've done it, and uh, it's kind of a running joke. So it's like, yeah, okay,
1: you know, you win something. But um... Well, I mean, it is legitimately like the guy that shows up to an event with a warhound scout titan he goes i am playing adeptus titanicus yeah similar idea so yeah
0: so looking ahead to this particular season uh, so one thing also pointed out there if you look at the u.s events a majority of the flg events have been folded into the wcw circuit so it is actually a unified circuit so all those who had uh tinfoil hats last time and conspiracy theories that we will have two competing events um Nope. Actually, it looks
1: like they're all part of the same group.
2: Mm-hmm. One big happy mm-hmm. family.
1: It's, it, is, it is, like I said, the only conspiracy was that when would they drop LVO? But because of the fact that they are containing the last LVO, there is a potential that LVO is going to stay in January and just be a super early major event for the WCW circuit.
0: Which may work, because if you think about it, if they could release whatever the new mission pack is for Christmas, as opposed to January 3rd or 4th, that'd be pretty cool. That gives you maybe four to six weeks to learn the new packet and run. Mm
1: -hmm. So which would solve a lot of issues that players would have with, Oh, but arcs of Omen literally came out at this point and we have a month cutoff for, for this. Like why don't and all the other shenanigans. Like, I don't think anyone has the capability outside of people on completely Warhammer focused teams where they get to play 24 hours a day and seven days a week, given that they sleep of Warhammer where they get to play the new missions and have several hundreds of hours of games within like the first week of the book releasing. True. Sure. So it's,
0: it's still an awkward positioning, but we'll see, be curious to see how it all kind of checks out. So I anyway, know one of those things is definitely tight to look at. One thing I also noticed though, um, a few events that didn't make the cut Robert, you pointed out Rocky Mountain Open maybe too soon, uh, but it didn't make the the roster for a qualifying event despite being an FLG event.
1: Yeah, I that is definitely something that, okay, it's a brand new event. Hmm. What if it ends up being a flop and it never pops up again? What's to say that it actually is worth it? That kind of thing. There's also the Nottingham GT is not included in the circuit which is the usually the season end cap for the UK because that one fell right at the start of Jan, like towards the start of January. So maybe it missed out on this year, but it'll probably, well, last season, but it'll probably be included for the... Wow, this is actually really complicated to think about now. Because it's 2023 season into 2024. But you also have LVO. Okay, so it's probably going to be in 2024. Right. Uh, there, got it.
0: A <laughs> couple other events, long-standing. kind of sad to see them go. But uh, Flying Monkey Con and uh, Renegade Open did not make the cut. Uh, sad to see that happen. Uh, there's a few others, you know, as we probably go through it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that event. Uh, some of these other countries only getting, you know, we were pretty fortunate uh, we getting so many here in the US. Canada got quite a few. UK's got quite a few. Vietnam, for example, got one event. feel bad mm-hmm. for you guys. So um, some of the countries there have kind of feel bad. Even uh, some of the big powerhouse Warhammer communities like Germany, I think they only got like 10 events. So I was like, wow, all right. So maybe, I mean, I know people think, oh, Europe's close. It's still a, a, a a big deal to have to travel cross country to, to another country to get to some of these events. So
1: yeah. And Germany got five (laughs) because one of them is the German national ranking system, which says it's annual. So it looks like that one might be forever on the roster.
0: Yeah. If I remember what that's basically their WTC qualification round. So if I remember that correctly, I would not know. But um, oh, that's my cousin. But anyway, um, a very interesting pattern in seeing how this is all shaping up. So curious to see as this all plays out. Uh, also playing out of the who the top. Next thing also looking at is, all right, ITC standings. I I mean, I'm assuming we're, the point system isn't going away, even though the, you're really fighting for qualifying spots for the WCW.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see them taking away the point system because the for the WCW to qualify, the, that one, it's specific requirements to qualify. For the ITC, this is the overall ranking system for us personally. And I know there's been talk about switching to like ELO-based systems and everything else to try and quantify actual player skill. But sometimes that's just not going to work. But I'm not a big brain of running a competitive circuit series. So, yeah, I can't make any heads or tails of that. I'm perfectly fine playing at events, going 3-3, three and 4-2. Three, and two. I would like to go 5-1 and one at an event this year. And being high up in the ITC points. But... That just
0: takes practice. Yeah. And so, uh, someone who's like Ray, who has difficulty getting games in, I'm trying to look ahead in like, a, when is that window going to open where I can get those games in? And it's one of the things I do kind of like about this system where can I realis- real- realistically, is what I'm trying to say, get six to eight events under my belt? Because basically, I know that your top four qualify you for your ITC standings but realistically you're going to have one or two clunker events even if you're at the top of your game you're just going to have a, you know, the game just didn't work out for you mm-hmm. getting putting up five good scores over the season All right, when is that going to happen or I can look ahead and go if I go to two or three of these GW events and get a qualified for the big dance that's a heck of a lot more interesting than the the randomness of trying to get through 9 rounds of LVO and maybe you know just trying to sneak my way into the shadow round to get a fighter's chance of winning the championship.
1: Yeah, there there's a thing to be said about both options cuz if you only chase after the WCW qualifiers you have every single month except for December to pick from. They just need to probably announce the relevant events in December rather than in February. Um, the Whereas the ITC stuff, yeah, playing through eight or nine rounds, maybe even ten rounds at something like LVO. That, at this point, is very much a, a normal level of event for most people. Because... I'm perfectly fine playing six rounds. If I make into the shadow round, I don't expect to make it into round seven. <laughs> I'm gonna be tired. I'm gonna be in, in a lot of pain. But dang it, I'm gonna play my I'm gonna roll all my dice until they don't have numbers on them.
0: Yeah, some t- yeah, trying to figure this out. You know, what am I really playing for and what are some of the you know the Where's the big prize at? And that's where I'm looking at this going like, hmm, interesting. So
1: Yeah, we will definitely have to see, because I'm expecting them to have a whole bunch of other prize support attached to these qualifying events rather than just a hey, you got to come play in Atlanta. <laughs>
0: yeah i'm curious what the, what those are and uh you know like i said a realistically goal i'm looking at is best in faction that's why i'm trying to choose my faction and especially you know down the road let's say the rumors are true they're pretty much leaning towards it, this 10th edition reboot that means everything gets reboot on a new playing surface even playing surface come june so that june through november you and every other faction is actually on an even playing field. So that might be a neat way to look at the game, and this is my chance to jump ahead.
1: Yeah, that could be a way to look at it. The Another thing would be something like, let's say you didn't want to worry about playing in the rest of Arcs of Omen because of the fact that it's attached to a narrative series. Well, you go to 10th edition, 10th edition just started you have roughly like a three-year estimation of getting to play in 10th edition so you could just start in the last half of the season and play only one edition at a time
0: well this edition's far from being over so let's get into this weekend's uh activity uh, stud or snotling was one of the big events up north in the great land of canada uh this was a again Arks of Omen event and um quite large indeed. Large. And I want to say they were in Toronto. I just want to make sure they were. But it was the Grand Gulf Banquet in Event Center is where they actually held it. So let's take a look at their top five Pillars.
1: One momento, you are faster than me, I'm an ogre.
0: <laughs> I am <laughs> frightened by your ways. Now, just looking at this list, you could go all the way down to the top 20 and still recognize some top players in here. So while he's looking for that, uh, some names of note to keep in mind. Um, you've got Devin Swan. He's a WTC member. He went 5-1 and one and still only finished 12th place with Astro Militarum. As far as I understand, they are playing with the uh, new rules. 8th place, Brenton Weiss with Tau came in 8th, also going 5-1. and one. Jeremy Atkinson coming in sixth with Dark Angels, also going five and one.
1: Yep, and I officially have it up now. So, <laughs> in fifth place we have Vincent Koopmas, Koopmans. I almost said Koopas. That was. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vincent. Also playing Dark Angels, and holy jolly golly gee, we Willikers, even patty. That that score number is nuts. Just a 67 as lowest score. That's nuts. Anyway diago pita of stutter scrub playing votan only dropping his game in round six and then a couple of familiar names we got tj Lanigan with his demons again dropping his game in round six and then we have thomas ogden going undefeated to take second place and then sam procopio also going undefeated and squeaking out by a, a decent margin above Thomas Ogden cuz Thomas had an 82 and an 85 whereas Sam had no less than a 93 with his apparently no list but I mean he has to have a list what was he playing he was playing blood angels
0: so riding high after a uh, lvo <laughs>
1: Yep, that, that's a lot of Sanguinary Guard. Yeah, we got 5, 11, 18 Sanguinary Guard.
0: That is still. I mean, I know they were like redonkously powerful in the uh, uh, Armor Contempt days. They're still powerful as heck, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, and also counting. Because free war gear, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Every single one of them was rocking an Inferno pistol. Holy cow. I forgot about that. They made those free? I know they made a lot of war gear free, but I can't believe they made that free. Yeah, these bricks of sanguinary guard are 210, 180, and 150 respectively. Ooh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of them.
0: That's a bit concerning. Okay.
1: But the main thing that I kind of figured that would happen is we're starting to now see the mainstay again of the basic troops that you take are three units of Infiltrators. Because he has exactly three. They all have the Helix Gauntlet, and they're all basically bare bones from what I can tell with just 100 points for the entire unit.
2: Well, they do a lot for those few points because... They they make it where uh enemy units can't get within twelve. Um, yeah, they,
1: you
2: know they, striking and such. Uh, and then that Helix Gauntlet says uh, the first
1: The first one uh, you take is ignored, yeah.
0: yeah. So I do like that mechanic though. I I think I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I like that better than feel no pain, but it's it's a neat thing, so
2: it takes away the roll of dice, which right. saves time.
1: And also, it's a neat interaction rule. Like, Let's let's take World Eaters, for instance. Let's say they had a blood tithe for like five that says you pay, pay five and all of your troop units or something like that get to ignore the first failed wound that they take because they're just so angry. Like that kind of specific thing. Not army-wide like some of the buffs are, but then at that point it would be five blood type points that you wouldn't use for anything else, or would use on something else, I guess. Phrasing it differently, but it's it's one of those things that I think that rule should actually pop up more often because it would give it would force people to use things not optimally or not just throwing volumes of dice at people.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: Again, I'm biased because I have a guy that shoots only 7 shots in total, and if you ignore the first failed wound, well, I'm going to be mad about it.
0: Yeah, I've got it on my um, special racks there. I forgot what they're called. Amoxalites oh, or something like that. But generally, when they get shot at, it's just like, take uh, 73 wounds. I'm like, well, the first one doesn't do any damage. <laughs> they do the other 71. Hold on. <laughs>
2: You know you're out of You know you're one foot out the door in a factional in an arm, a unit that you bring a lot. You can't remember. Yeah, well,
0: yeah whatever. It's not a unit I use that often, and it's not in my new list either. So, exactly. Whoa. Yeah, I'm taking full I mean, advantage of the arcs of woman. <laughs> no troop tax. <laughs> Excellent.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is nice to see that blood angels as. One note as this list kind of is, it is exactly what the army does because it he doesn't just have the sanguinary guard, he also has two units of just assault squads. I, they're one's 108, the other one's 90 points. But this army is literally going to fly down your throat, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah,
0: it's um, it's interesting there. So these kind of one note armies, but on the other hand, it's like, well, can you stop that one note?
1: Whereas I'm actually curious, what is Thomas playing now? Hmm. So so he's still playing Tau. From pulling up his list, he has Anva, he has the Crisis Suit Commander, he has Shadow Sun, he has Long Strike, so all the big name characters that you're used to seeing. That's a lot of characters. Holy cow. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Four, That's, yeah, that is a lot for Tal. That's scary. It's not thing. for any army. <laughs> and no troops. And his arcs of omen choice for compulsory was heavy supports, and it's one, two, three riptides, and then a brick of crisis battle suits, and then another minimum squad of crisis battle suits with. Ion plasma and target locks, and burst cannons. Hmm. Them riptides must do some work. <laughs> well, you know it's an interesting model
0: because it's it does have a lot of big guns on it, and it takes up a ton of space. So it's also a good board presence model.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think it will survive, you know, thunderhammers from you know large amounts of marines. But Well, I mean, the the loadout that he has on the Riptides is two plasma rifles, and two of them have ion accelerators, and the last one has a heavy burst cannon, I'm assuming, for points. But each of them have an early warning override, a target lock, and a velocity tracker. I'm not, exactly, yeah. I'm not exactly sure what all those do, but I'm pretty sure one of them is an ignore cover. Another one is probably, like, ignore modifiers or something. So I'll these things up. just... yeah.
0: Because I was about to say, oh, the velocity tractor allows you to hit flyers. No, that's the wrong addition. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is this is actually refreshing to see. I I knew Thomas was probably going to stay with Tau if he didn't go to something like World Eaters or Guard or something. And yeah, no, he made the pivot that a lot of people were thinking about doing anyway with the planes going into poo land and switching to triple riptide. Uh,
0: I remember the triple riptide scourge when it first came out. That was pretty scary. So,
1: Jump, shoot, jump what?
0: Well, there were a formation, so you could splash them into almost any list. So, for example, I had to play Harlequin player with three riptides.
1: <laughs> clown mech suits piloted by clowns got it yeah
0: it was like and then he also had a wraith knight in there too somehow I was just like what the hell is going on here so that's a lot of big stuff yeah alright Uh, wouldn't be under prototype systems it would be war gear here we go alright we're with the early ride right early ra- warning ra- early warning override is every time you overwatch on a 5 up and every time you use the Firewatch stratagem, the bear uh, reduces the CP cost by one command
1: point. So it does not cost you anything to do that. All right. Ah, so it's a free Overwatch equipment. Okay.
0: Yep. Uh, but you're still using the stratagem, so you still can't Overwatch with more than one unit. Just the cost of it goes down to zero. Uh, target lock. Each time the bear makes a ranged attack, you ignore light cover. That is correct. What was the other one they had? It was velocity tracker, right? Yes. A a ranged attack is made by the bearer against a unit that can fly, add one to the attack roll, maximum of plus one per model.
1: Okay, so he has ignore because the target lock ignores just light cover, and all the I'm assuming all the guns are at least AP two, so no one is safe except for maybe custodes. <laughs> Um, the velocity trackers, being plus one to hit against things that fly, that instantly nicks bikes in the butt. It also deals with things like other towelists with crisis suits. Uh, Blood angels, obviously. The random lord invocatus, which I just finished putting together, by the way. <laughs> um, he flies. That's funny. The it's actually a really strong choice because a lot of things that can, a lot of things that fly are the more powerful units that people are going to choose to take currently.
0: Well, the nice thing is you don't have to worry about the guy on horseback. He can't get, he's constantly running around buildings and stuff like that. So it's kind of nice.
1: Yeah. But I mean, he also flies 12 inches. So it's
0: not quite a literal term that he's flying, but yes, (laughs)
1: But otherwise, yeah, there is there is not a lot in this list, but all of it is extremely efficient. I think he firmly believes in the, we point and click something until it's dead. <laughs> that is my firm belief of this list. I would agree.
0: And that's what I'm saying. Is seeing the theme, I'm glad you brought that up. You've got a, a shooty list. You've got an all-out assault list. But nobody's playing to win the objective game or the action game right now. It seems like the top Mm -hmm. lists right off the bat are all about killing. You can't do actions if you're dead.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it seems like that's the early trend for Arcs of Omen right now, which I don't think is intended,
1: but hey. Well, with the exploration that people get to do with... Like, if I really wanted to, with my Custodes, I could go out and buy more Virtus Praters and run as many bikes as I could fit Mm. and literally just look at them and go, I have Hurricane Bolters and Missiles. You can't get through all my bikes fast enough. That's a good point.
0: So, yeah, or almost it comes to the point where, okay, he's bringing that many bikes. I need to bring something that can go through that many bikes that quickly. So then, like, was that enough firepower to go through that many Sanguinary Guard? Mm, Probably. And then, okay, then what do they bring? Well, you don't have enough of this then to go through this other army. So I'm spitballing here. It could be a, a night list. You don't have enough heavy fire to get through that now. Mm-hmm. I know one of the lists I'm considering is has a lot of... It, it will take out a night list, no problem. I'm probably going to lose to orcs, but it's like I don't have enough dice. <laughs> yeah,
1: because it, it's the classic argument of... Do you take enough bullets to chew through guardsmen and orcs, or do you take enough heavy firepower to punch through castodes and knights?
0: Yeah, and it's hard because then also looking ahead. Okay, yeah, armor contempt is gone. AP one is back on the menu, but it, I don't think it's a main course still. If you got, unless you've got like forty
1: shots, so. Mm-hmm. I can tell you the few games I've gotten to get with my knights in Arcs of Them so far, AP2 is still the norm. If you can find AP2 in your list somewhere, you have the bread and butter yeah. as long as you can afford it. Hmm.
0: Hmm. I have a thought with that. Okay, I have to look at something.
1: So. I'm giving Eric ideas, Ray tell me to stop my well,
0: codex doesn't have a lot of ap2 but i do have a source <laughs> of lots of ap3 shots so i'm wondering that if bring back a classic from days of yore and bring that back into vogue so i'm gonna i
2: am i do not know eric i think it might be time you start considering an army that has access well to... i have a
0: fair amount of that but again it goes back to the lots of one shot you know so yeah it's ap4 and it's strength eight, and all that but it's only one shot and um and that comes in, okay, i can can I take out a armager handily? Yes, can I take out ten <laughs> ten guardsmen? Ooh, well, I have other tools for that, I guess. so it becomes that balance game. what do you have enough
1: of?-hmm yep, that is definitely the fine line that we always cross in list building and everything else that how do we deal with everything all at once, and there's no way you can deal with everything mm-hmm. all at once. Unless you know you literally cheat and say everything has a 15 storm vultures and also dark lances.
0: <laughs> hey, speaking of cheating, you guys want to hear some 10th edition rumors? Everything's free and everyone dies. <laughs>
1: mm,
0: close. So, some of the stuff we've heard before uh, this is courtesy of what's it? Well, Vol- what's it chapter master of Vol- Volgris? Okay.
1: Valrak. Valrak,
0: yeah. There we go. Valrak. Uh, when is 10th edition supposed to launch? Uh, supposedly June 24th. Apparently everybody who works in Games Workshop has been told, keep that date on your radar. The starter box will be uh, Dark Angels versus Leviathan. Dark Angels will be getting a new Primarch, other than, than the aforementioned line L. Johnson. Tyrannus will be getting a new model, something called an Apex Swarmlord. I could have swore we saw something else, something like a Mega Vex or something like that. I'm not sure if that lines up. Um, the idea is we're going wide on the narrative as opposed to going deep, so it's not really going to move forward, but basically we're going to hear about the Indominus Crusade continues. This is, Meanwhile, this is what's been happening on the other side of the rift.
1: <laughs> yeah. That is definitely something that could be a thing.
2: I, I do think it's important to note that even he's not sure on these rumors. He has one source. He calls that source Alpharius. Or they might call themselves that. And he... That part, that source is usually 100% right. These, do not, these rumors do not Interesting. come from him. So he... He he's been saying, especially as of late, these rumors are lies until GW. We'll the look at season. it, too. That being yeah. said, so, he is still pointing these
0: out. And as I'm reading this, this could easily be a playtest copy that was six months old. You know who knows. Mm-hmm. So yes, the core rules will be streamlined. Uh, supposedly, the psychic phase gets rolled into the command phase, which is a very Sigmar thing. I'm not surprised by that. And.
2: Yeah, there's also talk about yeah. removing toughness from basic infantry, which is another very much ageist thing. Actually, and it's
0: one of the way it's phrased here is causing a panic. And I think that's one of things let's wait to see the rest of the information before, they, before anyone else panics. But yeah, toughness is now on a data sheet with heavy armor keyword with certain... Uh, data sheets such as Terminators, Rhinos, and Dreadnoughts. Generic troopers now only roll to hit when attacking and save when defending. So all of a sudden, oh, does that mean Guardsmen got a glow up? That las guns are now T four.
1: Ah! hold on. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have a big issue with. Okay, there's no toughness in the game, so Guardsmen wouldn't. Okay, guardsmen wounding knights on a 2 would be a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. Now, if the keywords that are rumored to exist, like the heavy armor and whatnot, if they go, oh, you're only wounded with this type of weapon on a 4 or a 5 or 6 or whatever, that could work out. But then they would have to figure out a way to either let you give keywords to other things with like war gear or like how they have the chapter um, command upgrades where you pay points for it. Yeah.
0: There's two other things I thought of too. If take what Ray said, Sigmar does the following, like there's a fixed wound level, mm-hmm. anything that's currently in the game that has a T five or T six, this has a standard, you're minus one the wound not does the same thing there may be some granularity that, that that oddball t6 versus a t5 you know yeah i get that but it does simplify the game the other thing they can do is go similar to what um apoc does is that the if you're firing let's say bolters or heavy bolters so we gave the example earlier if i got enough shots at strike five ep2 i'm i can take out anything in the game well, you can't do that APOC, because what happens is, is if, let's say, I'm firing on said armature or even a dread dot, my weight of dice all of a sudden lose power because I go, do you have the anti-tank keyword on that weapon? I do not. So all of a sudden, there's like minus one damage reduction or something like that. So there's ways that, even though I've got a ton of shots and they're heavier shots, that I will obliterate most infantry with the heavy bolter, uh, I need an anti-tank on the take-out-a-tank.
1: Yeah, like, I remember APOC, the The saves are different. If you have a really good save, you save on a D12 instead of a D6 or something? Uh,
0: uh, yes. So, for example, a Bloodletter, which has like a 5-up invol or 5-up demon save now in 40k, has a 9-up save in APOC. Mm-hmm. So if you hit him with a... Uh, um, anti-personnel round, he makes a save on a D12. He's still probably still going to fail it, but he has a chance. If I hit him with a Meltagon, he's got to make a save on a D6. He automatically will fail it.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. And I know for someone like me where I have Orcs, Custodes, Knights, Votan at necrons my armor values are going to be all over the place at that point
0: <laughs> yep uh further rumors uh just for throw it out there uh armor penetration and vulnerable saves are unchanged as at this point so i'll be curious to see if that system stays the same uh, crusade has been simplified and behaves closer to age of sigmar's path to glory i don't know that but i do know um people who do play crusade is a ton of bookkeeping it's a lot of fun but oh my god Mm -hmm. it's like it's a game in itself
1: (laughs) yeah i i ran a crusade thing at a local shop here and i felt really bad because it i was able to chew all of it with my with my knights and i by the end of week three i was up to something like 45 power level or something Whereas everyone else had trouble bookkeeping, and they weren't even breaking power level fifteen. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, what else we have here? Games tend to be faster with smaller units, with much bigger emphasis on terrain. That got that got my attention. Uh, the detachments, battle forging, stratagems, and CP generation have all been simplified or reworked. So that's interesting. I thought stratagems were dead. <laughs> from previous rumors so they're still floating around out there I'm curious to see what that's like so is the world eaters codex a hint of what's to come with only 8 stratagems maybe
2: I think that that would actually be a good mm-hmm.
1: move having it be where stratagems are truly impactful with I, I know I was watching a game from Vanguard Tactics a little bit ago where oh hey your bone breaker wagon charged into my rhino that I left here. Oh no, my eight bound are going to heroic for six inches. And because they're core, <laughs> screw you. <laughs>
0: hmm. Interesting.
1: So it was an impactful thing. And then, like, the fight on death thing applies to everything for two command points, but it's one for troops, that kind of thing. Right.
0: I'm going to say it because I've been poo-pooing it for a long time and I still hate the system. I hate the lore of it. But the reaction system in Horus Heresy, it's not half bad.
1: <laughs> yep, that's what I was honestly thinking they would do with the changes in 9th edition that they were rumoring about because of the fact that it would it let you play the game but it didn't let you like completely shut out your opponent during their own turn. Right.
0: Yeah, was a lot more rea- read and react. I was like, ooh. And, uh, and the, but it was very limited. There was like two per phase that they could do. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh.
1: Yeah, it's not like my custodes when they came out in July and they were a menace where I could take a four-man bike squad and spend... Two or three command points going, no rerolls and transhuman. Have fun. I don't get to do that,
0: but I am. Here's another example. Taking your custodes would be a like one of the uh, reactions is, okay. I'm I'm going to line up for a charge. So in my movement phase, I'm going to be 1.1 inches away. Obviously in rapid fire range, and you know I'm not going to fail my charge. You go, keep smiling, jerk. And then I actually consolidate into you and now we're already in assault before you shoot
1: well like the world eaters in heresy for instance them and the imperial fists i think the space wolves their reactions all legitimately have you perform a charge against a unit after it shot at you or something else
0: yeah that makes it much more reactive and there's another one where you can also yeah shoot if shoot if you get shot at is another one so i was like okay this this could be rather interesting, because um, a lot of times says so, you know you can shoot with impunity because without impunity because you just sit back and like I'm in cover. If I blow you up before you shoot back, I'm okay. Nope, I get to react fire.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and in a FAQ for specifically that reaction that existed, your opponent declares the target at the unit. That's when you declare your reaction. You immediately resolve all of their shooting before any malls are removed.
0: Yeah. That's another thing they do in APOC, by the way, you don't roll any of your saves until the morale phase. Mm-hmm. So everything's still on the table. Still, everything still gets to act, but then all of a sudden you're rolling all these saves and things get <laughs> goes off, you know, gets pulled off the table and in droves, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. but you get to play with your toys.
0: Yep. One last uh, rumor, I thought I'm still, this This one actually kind of checks out a little bit. Along with the start box, there'll be a new series of terrain intended to scale from small to medium to large scale games. Because one of the things I've, I've played a few, a thousand point games, if you use your tournament terrain, it gets crowded really fast.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But it's interesting good luck trying to find GW terrain that was made less than six months uh, more than six months ago it's gone from the site
1: <laughs> that's why I was I'm planning on investing in FLG terrain because of the fact that it it's going to be pretty standard for 2000 point games and it's wood you can find a lot of it at least i hope so hope so so anyway so those are some of the
0: the key ones there uh for you hobby guys by the way there's a um a new line of texture paints that they're retiring the current texture paints and replaced with new products using new materials um intended to be like a contrast style basing system so i'm like oh okay yeah be interesting what that's all about uh the rest of the rumors are pretty wild out there um Space Marine Codex, uh, the supplements are going away. They're going to be a whole new way of explaining them. They didn't get to a lot of details. Second wave of Votan models. Oh, that's not surprising at all. But uh, new Codexes expect uh, Dark Mechanicus and a new Xenos race to come out in the new edition. I'm sorry. I don't believe a word of that.
1: (laughs) Dark Mechanicus? Eh, Maybe because of Vastor. But that's only if Ashura actually ascends to, you know, being like a full fledged demon prince because he's not actually a demon prince yet.
2: Well, no, he's. It's not that he's not a demon prince. It's he, because the whole idea of a demon prince is basically that they they were mortals. He's a demon. He's just not a god.
1: True. I don't believe it.
0: Let's go with. I would see Dark Mechanicus being kind of lumped into the gas-based marine codex, much like Anari was lumped into the Eldari codex.
2: Uh, it, it depends on what they do. I mean, there was a time we never thought we'd see, you know, AdMech, and then, boom, we've got it now. Now the question is: is can they do something without it just feeling like, you know, AdMech's yeah, spiky cousin?
0: That's for another Xenos race.
1: Oh, I know,
0: hard, hard for me to believe that.
1: They got, they're gonna have to come up with something real creative for that. Maybe,
2: honestly, I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd just rather see them like give more to the current armies rather than create another mm-hmm. new faction. Well, uh, first off, you know, we've already got what, twenty-four factions? And we just got a Xenos faction. Honestly, if if there's a new faction needed, it should go to Chaos. Because Chaos is what five different factions?
1: Three, really. Oh yeah, if you get Thousand Suns now? and Death Guard and like that, yeah. Yeah, Thousand Suns, Death Guard, World Eaters. Chaos Space Marines, Chaos Knights, and Demons.
2: At six realistically speaking Traitor um, Guardsman? Imperium makes up like twelve <laughs> nah that doesn't count you can't make an <laughs> army out of that Their Imperium's like half you got like eight for Xenos
1: yeah it's it is honestly just hard to believe that they would introduce another alien race yeah
0: Anyway, if you have thoughts on what those are, hit us up on our Facebook page or comment on this particular episode. Love to hear what your thoughts are, what those new codices you'd like to see, and uh, also any other rumors you may have heard as well about the new edition. Guys, anything else to add before we wrap up tonight? Ow, more spiky bits. Ow, continue working on those world eaters. There. (laughs) Meantime, my name's Eric.
1: I'm Robert. Ow, I'm Raymond.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Exterminatus podcast. (laughs) mm <laughs>